0: Welcome to another edition, episode of Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell. I am the co-host here with Kurt Sauter of Further Still Ministries. Good morning, Kurt. Chad, good morning, man. It's good to see you. Good to be seen. It is good to be seen. Not viewed. (laughs) That's what somebody smart told me once. But but anyway, so if you're just joining in, man, we are a a show for men by men. And uh, a couple knuckleheads talking about stuff that, that... Men maybe don't talk about enough that we should be talking about being a husband, being a father, being a man of God, all those light, pithy little things that we talk about, you know, when we're around the dinner table. But um, we are uh, here today talking with a, a guest who we had on last week, actually. And in uh, the topic we're talking about today is a topic that if you if you last week's topic, if that didn't make you run mm-hmm. the other direction, uh, men, <laughs> when you start talking about something, we talked about family worship and guys, when they hear that, they might go, oh, goodness, I don't know if that's something I can do or should do. And, and, and it is. We yeah, should Absolutely. But uh, if you're walking with God and teaching your kids to walk with God. But this week we're talking about something that a lot of people, if I ask a room full of men or women, anyone said, hey, if you h- how many of you are satisfied with your prayer life? They satisfied meaning you are praying the way you want to pray, the prayers you want to pray, getting answers to prayer, communion with with God, all of that. How many people say, man, I am right where I want to be? And I don't think very many people would raise their hand. I wouldn't raise my hand. Very few. And so we're going to talk today with our guest from last week, and this is a very special guest we've had two weeks in a row now, Don Whitney, who's the professor of biblical spirituality and the associate dean in the School of Theology at Southern Seminary. And he. we're going to talk about a book today. Uh, praying the Bible, and uh, you can find that on his website, BiblicalSpirituality.org. But we're going to talk uh, this next hour about your prayer life and how we can improve it as men. And you know what, uh, Chad? When we when we think about prayer, I mean, sometimes you know, uh, when a when a preacher
1: when a preacher gets up to pray, uh, or he's going to talk about prayer, like, oh, you got to be kidding me! That's that's the most boring thing, or it's it's, it's just. And so, Don, we're excited to have you back. And uh, we're, I, I, I think we can promise that this and guarantee that this show is going to be uh, life-giving uh, because uh, there's some really, really um, eternal truths here that we're, we're going to unpack in this show today. So welcome back, Don.
2: Thanks. It's great to uh, be back with you guys.
1: We're uh, we're thrilled to, to just dialogue with you and just interact. And so, Don, t- talk with us a, a, a little bit about... Uh, why we struggle in our prayer time.
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's an almost universal problem that when people pray, they tend to say the same old things about the same old things. And you don't have to do that for very long before, frankly, it's, it's boring. And when prayer is boring, you don't feel like praying mm. because you know you're about to do something that's going to be boring. We normally aren't excited about something. We know in advance it's going to be boring. And when you don't feel like praying, uh, it, it's hard to pray with any fervency, with any consistency. And I do believe it's an almost universal problem, and that most most men tend to assume, I guess it must be me. I'm a second-rate Christian. I know it shouldn't be like this. I believe in prayer. I want to pray. I try to pray. But when I pray, frankly, it's boring. So it must be me somehow. And my response to that is, no, if you're indwelled by the Holy Spirit, the problem is almost certainly not you. Rather, it is your your method. Now, there is no method that will enliven prayer for someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. But anyone indwelled by the Holy Spirit has another person living within their body. There are two people living in, the, in their body. They live there, of course, and another person who is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And wherever the Holy Spirit dwells, he brings his holy nature with him. And so you have new holy hungers you didn't have. Before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, <coughs> excuse me, there, you have new holy longings you didn't have before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You long to live in a holy body without sin anymore. You mm-hmm. long to live with a mind no longer attracted to temptation ever again. Uh, you long to live in a holy and perfect world where there's no more racism, there's no more terrorism, there's no more frustrations. And you long to live in that holy and perfect world, holy and perfect people, and you long to at last see the face of the one that the angels call holy, holy, holy. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does in all those in whom he dwells, we're told this both in Romans and Galatians, that he causes us, we don't merely choose this, he causes us to cry out, Abba, Father. In other words, all those indwelled by the Holy Spirit really want to pray. They have this new fatherward orientation, this heavenward orientation they didn't have before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And yet, even with that work of the Spirit within us causing us to want to pray, that collides with our experience. And our experiences, our, our experience says, "Yes, I believe in prayer. I want to pray, but when I pray, it's boring." And so that's why I say, if, if someone is indwelled by the Holy Spirit, the problem is not them. I mean, if there's some significant sin issue that they're not even facing, confessing, or dealing with, yeah, yeah, that's a, that is the problem. Mm-hmm. But assuming that a, that a man is genuinely trying to follow Christ, he's sincerely, though imperfectly, sincerely trying to follow Christ. The problem in prayer is almost certainly not the man, rather it is his method. And the method of almost all Christians, it seems, from the beginning of their prayer lives, is to say the same old things about the same old things.
0: And that, that that's a problem. I mean, I, Chad, have you have you experienced that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I was raised in the Catholic Church, and, and we were taught more liturgical type <laughs> prayers, and uh, you know, being able to say these words over and over again, and it was more of a uh, of a process uh, versus uh, you know the relationship for me. And uh, so, yeah, w- and I didn't know how to pray when I first came to walk with the Lord at 28 years old. I didn't know how to pray. It was all you know. Tur- Virgin territory for me, and that Holy Spirit aspect of it causing just this desire, of wanting to pray. Yeah, that was a reality. I mean, I, I, you, Don, I really appreciate that, that in what you said. The Holy Spirit lives within us, and
1: and we do have this desire. He prompts us, and and we within our within our new nature, uh, we have this hunger to to want to connect with God, and but I, I love what you said. It's it's not us it's it's our methodology
2: yeah now the problem is not that we pray about the same old things to pray about the same old things is normal because your life tends to consist pretty much of the same old things when most people pray if if they have you know any time at all they're going to pray pretty much about the same six things they're going to pray about their family in some broad general sense or another a single person might pray to be married and have a family they're going to pray about their future some decision that's for them perhaps should they make that change or that move uh, they're going to pray about their finances, God's provision for those bills, for school, for work. They're going to pray about their work, or if they're students, they're going to pray about their schoolwork. I mean, it's normal. You would pray about that place where you spend most of your waking hours during the week. Uh, Christians would pray about their church, their ministry that they have, some Christian concern, maybe someone they're trying to share the gospel with at work, and then about the current crisis in their life. Uh, statistically, I'm told each of us goes through a pretty significant crisis on the order of every six months or so, it can be a good thing or a bad thing. It can be a birth or a death, a job change you want or you don't want. But it's on the order of magnitude such that when you go to pray, you don't need any prayer list to be reminded to pray about these, uh, this crisis. Mm. Well, if those six things dominate your prayer life, cheer up. You're normal. Uh, because those six <laughs> things are your life. There's almost nothing in your life that doesn't relate to your family, your future, your finances, your work or schoolwork, your church or ministry in the current crisis. And thank the Lord those things don't change dramatically very often. So put all that together. If those six things are your life, and those six things don't change very often, uh, if you pray about your life, you're going to pray about the same old things pretty much all the time. That's not the problem. The problem is that we tend to say the same old things about the same old things. And you don't have to do that very long before that is boring.
1: That's, uh, Don, uh, that's a... (laughs) Amen to that. It's it can be really boring. So you, uh, I think by the Holy Spirit and uh, probably from other others you've learned from. But you you've come up with kind of a new, uh, not a new. It's as, it's as ancient as, as the scriptures. But what, what talk to us a little bit about and before we take our break here, a little bit about what God has really prompted you to do a lot of teaching on and, and actually some writing on um, you in, in in our prayer life.
2: Yeah. Well, if if I'm correct, and and testimony seems to affirm that, that saying the same old old things about the same old things is a universal problem, there must be a simple, permanent, biblical solution. And that's based upon the idea that anything God invites all of his people to do, namely to pray, has to be fundamentally simple, because there are so many dramatic differences among the people of God all over the world. Mm -hmm. God has people from 9 to 99 with low IQs and high IQs, little education, a great deal of education, a very few Christian privileges. Mm. I was on a mission trip once to the Bush country of Kenya, not even the pastor had a Bible. And then there are people like your listeners who have many Christian privileges. I mean, they not only have a local church and Christian bookstores, they can turn on Christian radio like this and and, and hear Bible teaching. They can get on the Internet and hear this program and hear other Bible teaching. And so if if your listeners, and I mean every born-again listener to this program, if that man can't have a meaningful, satisfying prayer life, And what about our brothers and sisters in the middle of India or China who have none of those advantages? Mm -hmm. So first of all, I I want to persuade people that the, the biblical logic, the solution to this problem must be fundamentally simple. And it is. And here it is. When you pray, pray the Bible. When you pray, take a passage of Scripture and turn that into prayer. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll show later in the program that that's a biblical teaching, it's a historic teaching, but it's extremely simple. Any believer can do it, regardless of how well they know the Bible, how little they know the Bible, how spiritually mature they are, how immature they are. A six-year-old who can read can do this. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do this. It's incredibly simple. And it is, I, I, I believe, once having done it, it, they'll realize it's a simple, permanent, biblical solution to this almost universal problem. And, and Don,
0: good. i tell you what, we're going to take a break. And we're on the next side of this break here, we're going to unpack that a little bit more about how, what that method looks like. So we're going to take a break here on Solid Steps Radio. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio, if you are just joining us. We are Solid Steps Radio. And I'm Chad Russell. That's Kurt Sauter. We are talking today with Don Whitney, and we're talking about praying the Bible, a topic that most people, if you are a person of faith or if you want to be a person of faith, if you have been walking with God for decades or you have just considering walking with God, Uh, prayer is part on on the top of the list of to-do list of what we want to do and what we desire to do and don is unpacking his book praying the bible which you can find on his website biblicalspirituality.org, or you can go to amazon or any christian bookstore and get that book and we're going to have a a link on our facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash solid steps radio and if you want to hear this show in its entirety you can also go to SoundCloud. .com, and you can just type in Solid Steps Radio and you can also do the same thing on iTunes. And you know what, uh, Don and Chad, it's,
1: I get really excited about this because I think most people, we, we, are, we need our prayer life revitalized. We need, a, we need a shot in the arm when it comes to um, praying and talking with our Heavenly Father. And so, Don, begin to really uh, talk with us here about how do we pray the Bible? What does that look like?
2: Yeah, well, it's very simple. We're we're taking words that have already originated in the heart and mind of God and turning them back to God. And I think the the simplest way would be if I could illustrate it. Yeah. Uh, So let's say you've already done your daily Bible reading. You're reading, let's say, through the book of Matthew or the book of Hebrews, and you say, all right, now I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray the Bible, and I'm going to uh, choose one of the Psalms, which I believe is is the the easiest place in the Bible to do this. And today you say, okay, I'm going to pray through the 23rd Psalm. So you read the first line, the Lord is my shepherd, and then you might pray something like this, Lord, I pray, you, I, I thank you that you are my shepherd. You're a good shepherd, and you've shepherded me all of my life. But oh great shepherd, would you shepherd my family today? Guide them into the ways of God, guard them from the ways of the world, lead them not into temptation, deliver them from evil. And I pray you cause my children, my grandchildren, to be your sheep too. May they love you as their shepherd, as I do. And I, I pray you would shepherd me in this decision I have to make about my future. Do I make that job change or do I not? Do I make that move or do I not shepherd me, O oh Lord? And I, I pray for under shepherds at the church. Please shepherd them as they shepherd us. And basically, you talk to God about whatever comes to mind. When you read that line, the Lord is my shepherd. And then when nothing else comes to mind, you go to the next line. I shall not want. And you might pray something like this. Lord, I, I think you have never really been in want. I haven't missed too many meals, but I know it does. Please you, I bring my desires to you. So would you provide those finances that we need for those bills, for school, for, for that car? Or maybe you know someone who is in want, and you pray for that person. Mm-hmm. Then maybe your mind begins to wander just a little bit, and as it does, now you've got something to come back to the next line. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And so you, you, you pray simply whatever comes to mind as you read that. And let's say you read that next line and nothing comes to mind to pray about. Fine. Skip it. Go on to the next line. Mm-hmm. Let's say that uh, you don't even understand the next verse. Fine. Skip it. Go over the next line to the next verse. There's nothing that says you have to pray over every verse. There's nothing that says you have to, to finish the psalm. Uh, you, you, it will all come to things we don't really understand. Fine. You don't have to pray over every verse, and just go on. And, and guys, that's why anybody can do this, regardless of how well they know the Bible or how little they know the Bible. Uh, as I said earlier, a six-year-old who can read uh, can do this. Let's say that there's a man listening to this right now who, who came to Christ this morning. He's never read a verse of the Bible in his life. He's never been to church a day in his life. He can do this. If he's trying to pray through the 23rd Psalm and he reads the, the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, and he just says very... Humbly, simply, uh, uh, Lord, shepherd me as I grow as a new Christian. Well, he got it. <laughs> you know, he, he got it. And let's say he comes to the next line after that, he doesn't understand. What's he going to do? He's going to go on to the next verse. So anybody can do this, and and you really, you really can't mess it up. Now, I, 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 I'm I'm sorry, I don't mm-hmm. have the time to explain that more fully because it really matters that we we don't impose meaning onto the text of Scripture. And in just about every other kind of coming to the Bible I can think of, our first job is, so what does the Bible say here? What does it mean? And we can't make it mean whatever we want. Mm. But that's not what we're doing. We're not doing Bible study or interpretation here. Our primary activity is prayer. And what I'm saying is, as you pray, glance down at the Bible when when you run out of something to say in prayer, and then just pray what comes to mind as you go through it verse by verse. And and guys, I believe that if, if people will pray that way, their prayers will be far more biblical than they ever would be just making up their own prayers. And that's what people do otherwise, right? They make up their own prayers, and that results, as we said, in saying the same old things after, about the same old things. But if people will now pray the Bible, their prayers will be shaped by the Bible, and they're going to be much more in conformity with the Bible.
1: Mm. And there, there, there seems to be, you know, Don, uh, a real refreshment because you don't have to be making up, you know, stuff and and you know saying again the same thing about the same things. It's um, I, I don't know. I, th- I just think most of us need a kind of a, a, a just a refreshment in our prayer life.
2: Yeah, that's right. And if people do this, they. Uh, Every prayer is a different prayer. Uh, let's go back to where we started. you got this problem. We, we say the same old things about the same old things. When you pray the Bible, you don't say the same old things anymore. <laughs> now, you'll pray about the same things. You heard me mention in that illustration about the 23rd Psalm, I pray for family, future, finances, those things that I say we always pray about because that's your life. Those things are going to come oozing out of any text you look at. You'll pray pretty much about the same old things every time, because that's your life. Mm -hmm. But those prayers will be different because you pray through a passage of Scripture. Let let me illustrate this way. At the seminary, we open every class with Scripture reading and prayer. But the prayer is usually pretty much the same prayer. Lord, please bless the class. How many ways can you think of to pray, (laughs) bless the class? But if I pray through Psalm 23, it comes out as, Lord, shepherd us in this class today. And that biblical imagery just transforms that prayer. If it's through Psalm 51, it's, Lord, forgive us for not always applying our minds to our studies, as we ought help us to do that today. If I pray through part of Psalm 139, we say, I say something like, Lord, uh, thank you for your presence here in Norton 195, here in this classroom. You're the teacher in this classroom today. Please teach us today. Now, if you listen closely, it's pretty much the same prayer, bless the class. And yet it's a different prayer every time, because I prayed, essentially, bless the class, through a different passage of Scripture. And so without needing any notes, without having to try to remember anything, once you pray through a passage of Scripture, you've got it. You, you, you understand the method. You'll never forget how. And every single prayer is different after that.
1: That's... That is helpful.
2: Yeah. And you guys, it's not just that it's different, though that alone is worth listening to an hour-long program. Just now I have different words to pray every time. And I don't have to try to remember any different words or look for any notes. It's even better than that, because the words that we're praying when we pray the Bible aren't just different words, though that alone is worth it. The words we're praying when we pray the Bible are inspired words. There's a supernatural quality to these words. Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and life. These are the words we're praying now when we pray the Bible.
1: So, in one sense, Don, when we pray the Bible, it's almost another powerful dimension I, I, not, not that God um, doesn't hear our prayers if we don't use the Bible but we're, but we're using his language, his heart um, using his words and there seems to be some uh, some extra kick to that.
2: Yeah, well, the Bible tells us in First John we must pray in accordance with His will, or He will not hear us, right? Yes. Can you have any greater assurance <laughs> you're praying the will of God than when you're praying the Word of God? Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean we can't, you know, uh, misapply, misunderstand and pray the Word of God wrongly, but uh, that's, that's certainly going to happen if we pray without the Word of God. When we pray the Word of God, we're much more likely to pray in accordance with the Word of God. As I said, it's going to shape our prayers.
1: So, so, Don, we just open up the Bible, and, uh, but, but, uh, but maybe maybe just not just open up the Bible, but let's like uh, every day. Today is, uh, you know, May 24th, and what, so do you turn to Psalm 24?
2: Yeah, that's a great place to start. In, in, the, in the book uh, I have on Praying the Bible, I have a little chart in the back about how to find five different Psalms every day. And uh, you start with the day of the month, like the day of the 24th. So just as you said, Psalm 24 would be the first one I might look at. And then because 30 days in the month, I, I would just add 30 more. So uh, what I'm going to do with that method is, is quickly scan five Psalms. So I'll start with 24, that's the day of the month. Add 30, that's 54. 30 more is 84. 30 more is 114. And 30 more is 144. So on the 24th of every month, I take just a few seconds to scan those five, and I, I just picked the one that stands out. So today, for example, I picked Psalm 144, and uh, as we prayed before we, we uh, started uh, speaking to one another earlier on, on, on the air, uh, I, I used uh, Psalm 144, verse 3, O oh Lord, what is man that you regard him, or the son of man that you, that you think of him? And I used that to launch into the prayer for this. For this uh, program that uh, who are we that God would regard us, mm-hmm. and yet He invites us to pray. And because of the work of Jesus, we have access to God. And so I just started with what came to mind from Psalm 144, verse 3.
0: Hey, Don, that's a great point uh, talking about the Psalms. And I want to hear a little bit more about the Psalms. But we're going to take a break now, but we want to hear about you can pray other parts of scripture other than the psalms we want to talk about maybe praying other aspects of the bible so let's take a break and for all of our listeners we want to thank our uh, sponsors carol rogers carpet one ken martin and his crew and ellen and credit union for sponsoring the show and we're going to take a break come back with don whitney of southern seminary and talk more about prayer on solid steps radio